Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. What is up, Auburn? Welcome into Sports Call on a Thursday afternoon. I am Brooks Childress, joined in studio today by Brant Daughtry. Skeleton crew for you today. It's bullpen day, as I like to call it. J.J. Jackson, your usual host, out of town, continues to be out of town. We uh, hope everything is going well up there in Knoxville for the celebrations that he's undergoing up there with his family. And so... We are uh, trudging along here throughout the week, thanks to uh, Ryan Lavoy for hosting yesterday. He'll also be hosting tomorrow, and he also hosted Tuesday, if I didn't have to think about it. Uh, so he's been doing a great job. Uh, he has got today to take care of this uh, normal business that uh, involved with the company that's not talking to uh, talking to a microphone, and so he's off doing that. I'm in the driver's seat today, me and Brant Daughtry hanging out with you, taking your phone calls at 334 334- 887-341 locally. Toll free at one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. We'd love to hear from you early and often today. Already got a couple lines occupied. We'll get to those in just a little bit. But make sure you get your calls in about uh, anything. Auburn on a bye week continues to be uh, working on their selves this week. Getting ready to get start getting prepped for Arkansas coming into town next weekend for the Tigers. Uh, the rest of college football world continues to uh, roll along, though. Last night we saw a game up in North Carolina, Georgia State, App State, and some Sun Belt action, some fu- Sun Belt fun belts, as I like to call it. Uh, App State got a pretty big win last night over Georgia State. We got some more fun belt action tonight. A big one here in the state of Alabama. Troy taking on South Alabama. The battle for the belt down there in Mobile. So that is going to be a big game. I was looking at a game sold out from the South Alabama Athletic website. You can only get tickets down there for on like StubHub and some of the secondary markets. Ninety nine bucks is the cheapest ticket to get into that stadium uh, tonight at a uh, at Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile. So really uh, excited to watch that. You've also got some other other uh, college football on tonight. I think Georgia Tech and Virginia play tonight. Some Power 5 ACC action. And so we'll talk all about college football. This is me and Brant's final show for the week on. So we'll t- give ourselves, we'll give some previews for the weekend that's to come in college football. Some NFL uh, football to come. Is There's a few Saints fans in the area and you got a big game tonight. The Saints and the Cardinals uh, out in Glendale tonight. And of course, you know, a lot of Falcons fans are on here too. So y'all, uh, a lot of Falcons fans will be keeping their eyes on that game with uh, the division, uh, your division rival the Saints in it. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk a lot. We'll talk some Auburn basketball. They had SEC Media Days yesterday, so we'll touch on a little bit of what was set up there in Birmingham. You've also got Auburn Baseball release their non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. We already knew the conference slate, and we heard a little rumblings about some games that could be coming, some series that could be coming in the non-conference for tw- Butch Thompson's 2023 squad. But we finally got it today, so we'll talk about all that. And of course, 
Like I said, we'll take all of your phone calls and talk about whatever you want to talk about in the world of sports. As I said, I'm Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry joins me on the other side of the table, the board, the uh, the desk. Brant, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I think desk is the best word you're looking for. Yeah, a uh, big weekend of college football, big weekend of, uh, well, actually, I, I saw earlier today, there's not a whole lot of massive games in college football. There's a kind of... And there's a lot there's of games. There's a few where, ranked matchups, yeah. but there's nothing like this past week. No, not at all. It, it's almost it, Auburn took Auburn had a good time to take a bye week because I mean there's just not a whole lot of game this weekend. So, or if you're a college football fan, you could say Auburn had a bad time to take a bye week because could. Auburn last week. You know, Auburn played at 11 a.m. and there was a, a, a couple big games at 11 a.m. I think the Michigan uh, Penn State was an 11 a.m. kick. Uh, and it took, a, you know, you're like, oh, I got to focus on Auburn. I can't watch these other big games. So I, I could see the, the other side of that argument is maybe you'd want some big games on Auburn's bye week. And so you can actually pay attention to the slate of college football. That's true. Uh, you very well could say that. But uh, the point being that, uh, you know, the NFL is uh, also kind of in like a, a low week. It's a low yeah. week for football. Um, as far as like super interesting, have to watch these matchups, but that's kind of kind of a good thing. You get a you get a week in the middle of the season where you don't have to truly focus on anything. It's just kind of where you are. Uh, so to take this in, enjoy the enjoy a little downtime perhaps. But yeah, a lot going on in the world of uh, high school football as well. That's where you and I will be tomorrow instead of being on the show. And like you said, it's our last day here. So. Say, in, in different forms tomorrow night, right? In, in different forms at high school football games. Yeah, you'll be. Uh, is that game at Beauregard? Uh, I will not be with the Beauregard Hornets tomorrow you, night. No, I am, okay. I'm take. I'm off tomorrow. I'm, I'm taking a because I'm taking a bye week as well. Uh, the Auburn Tigers taking a bye week. I am going home to uh, the two five one, and I'm going to be attend. I will be at a high school football game. I'm going to be attending my first uh, Robert Stell High School football game in about three or four years. Okay, because I'm you know around here. I don't know if I don't know if people have picked up on this. It, it's pretty busy around here in football season, high yeah. school football especially. Yes, it is. Uh, and so I haven't had a chance to go home in a while, and so I'm going to be taking in some Robert Stowe football tomorrow night. So I will be at a high school football game, and it does have playoff implications for one of the teams, not not the team that I will be uh, there to see, but the other team, Mary G. Montgomery, a 7A school that you could see in the area. Uh, once playoffs start, I think they're projected uh, to be, you know, come up here and play some. I think it was uh, maybe Central Phoenix City may get to host Mary G. Montgomery. Or maybe it was Enterprise. I, I forget the last bracket I looked at. But, yeah, some high school football action getting ready to get started. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And I will be uh, at Smith Station calling Smith's, the Panthers versus the Generals of Lee Montgomery. So that'll be where uh, you and I are tomorrow night. So. Final final home game for Smith Station. Final home game for Smith Station. They'll uh, take on Auburn the next week. And uh, that'll be game 10. And that'll pre- uh, that will be the season as they have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, which is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, come back stronger next year. Yeah. I, there's a lot of young guys on that Panther team. They're looking good for the future. It just didn't did not come together this year. Did you have a good night last night? Did I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had you a did? good night. I went, to, I went grocery shopping. I went to Kroger. Good. It's the first time I've been grocery shopping in, like, good. two or three weeks. Oh, well. So it was needed. Some people are lucky. Yeah. You get to go grocery <laughs> shopping every few weeks. I, well, I do live alone. Night. I do live alone. Uh, what did out, you do last night? Shout out to uh, GPAC, the Goose Performing Arts Center. We uh, have a great uh, deal with them, as you've heard all their commercials on here. But I went up there last night, me and my fiance took in Legally Blonde, the musical last night. Oh, it's so good. I love it Legally was, Blonde. I was skeptical going into it. Uh, Grace, my fiance, made me wear a pink shirt because it, like, <laughs> apparently that's a thing. Is like you go to on the Wednesdays show. we wear pink. Uh, well, that, but also I think it's like a. It's, that's Mean Girls. That's not legally yeah, one. That's that, Mean Girls. That's Mean Girls. But like, 
apparently it's a thing when you go to see like the musical Lately Blonde, you wear pink. And so there was a lot of people there wearing some pink last night. All right. Uh, but it was good. They're, they just started their uh, national tour. I think they're actually coming to your neck of the woods, Brand, over to Macon uh, later uh, next year. And okay. And half of their tour they're going to be uh touring around a lot of college towns so they had two shows at the gouge so me and her went and saw that last night shout out to them great you know uh, again great facility there Mm -hmm. there's always always great shows coming up um you're going to hear some of those great shows and some of our commercial breaks since you've probably heard them the last few weeks uh for mr brant daughtry voiced several of them uh but i love theater it was uh, it was a great show last night and i'll tell you what uh, before we head to our first break, I forgot to mention this. We're in a fun time of year because I don't know if you've seen this circulating anywhere on social media. Today we have a sports equinox. Yes. We've got NFL action. We've got college football action. We've got Major League Baseball playoffs. You've got MLS playoffs tonight. The NBA regular season is playing tonight. There's some national TV games. And the NHL is playing tonight. That is six Sports in yeah, the U.S. Six, six major U.S. sports leagues all have games tonight. And if you want to kill even further and keep pushing this further, the PGA Tour is playing right now. You've got British Premier League uh, right now across the pond uh, that, that is playing currently right now on TV. So that's, you know, We're watching what, that eight, actually. Eight sports that are on national TV, eight different types of sports on national TV. Or international, yeah. in this case. Uh, in, in the U.S., that is on today. And so you've hit that, you've hit a sports equinox. And it's just, it's I it's believe great. this is the 27th time ever that we have had uh, all four major U.S. sports playing at the same time on the same day. Isn't that crazy? So it's, it's it's great, man. It's a great time to be a sports fan. And then you've, you've got... You've got post, post... Whenever postseason baseball hits, that's when you're going, this is the best time of the year for sports because you've got everything on at once. And then uh, I think, if I'm going to look this up, um, you've got a chance for some... Uh, well, maybe not. I was going to say, I think you've got a chance for some more co- uh, uh, Equinox with college basketball coming to the mix. But I think the World Series is going to be over just a couple days before ah. college basketball gets going. But still, you've got a sports Equinox there. And so we'll, we'll highlight a lot of that on the nightly TV Guide coming up later in the show. We'll also get to our birthdays and sports later in the show. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff on today. A lot of stuff in the sports world going on. And so we're here to talk all about it. We're here to take your phone calls. Let's go ahead and head to our first break of the afternoon. On the other side, as I mentioned, birthdays in sports coming up right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Back in studio, Sports Call Auburn, our luscious studios on South College Street, just down the road from the university. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry also in the building with me. Sports Call on a Thursday rolls on. If you missed yesterday's show, it was a good one. 
Ryan, Kim, and Tom Peavy discuss the top 25 matchups in college football this weekend. And you got a hump day update yesterday for the Campbell Camels. How are the Camels this year? Uh, you can find out on Sports Call Podcast from yesterday. That's how you trade. That's how you do a transition. That's right. That's how you do a transition, bro. Make sure you go and find that anywhere you get your podcasts. Podcast brought to you by Coca Cola. Taste the feeling, and you can also taste the uh, the goodness that we have on that podcast every single day. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four. You can locally. listen to it. I don't know if you can taste it. Oh well, I disagree. All right. Well, 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 is how you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line before we head there for the first time today. Let's do something we do every single day. It's time for our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports on a Thursday. December, not December. Nope. Thursday. Kind of close to it. October. There you go. Twentieth. Birthdays and sports is presented by Max Credit Union. Before we get going, I want to remind everybody of that. Two convenient locations to serve you. One in Auburn on Gay Street. The other, Opelika on Frederick Road. Let Max Credit Union help you with all your banking needs. Out of the gates, let's go to the NFL. Turning 30 today as a former NFL running back who was drafted in the second round of the 2014 NFL Draft by the Cincinnati Bengals. Jeremy Hill is turning 30. Oh, former. Well, you're you're gonna get to it. I was gonna say play. He's a, he's a good, very good running back in college. I remember he was played two seasons of college football at LSU. Go, Go Tigers! G A U X Tigers! G A U X. He redshirted his first year. First team. Uh, he was also a first team All SEC performer in his time at LSU. Played with the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Raiders. Super Bowl champion back in 2018. I think you can imagine which one of those three teams he was a Super Bowl champion with. Nope. Um, The NFL rushing touchdowns co-leader in 2015, a PFWA, Pro Football Writers Association, for Ah. folks out there that's not in the know. All-rookie team in 2014, Jeremy Hill, turning 30 years old today. Turning 72 years old today as a former NFL wide receiver, Isaac Curtis. Played three years of college football at the University of Cal Berkeley. Go Bears. For uh, senior season, he played at San Diego State, go Aztecs. Drafted 15th overall by the Bengals in the 1973 NFL Draft. Went on to spend his whole career with that team. Known for his blistering speed, he is a three-time second-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. He's also in the Cincinnati Bengals Ring of Honor. Isaac Curtis turning 72 years old today. Turning 30 years old is former NBA small forward, who's a free agent right now, Rodney Hood. Played two years of college basketball. His first was at Mississippi State, followed by sitting out a year due to transfer rules. And then finally, captaining the Duke Blue Devils in his final college season. He was an SEC All-Freshman team back in 2012, a second-team All-ACC in 2014. Drafted 23rd overall in the 2014 NBA Draft by the Jazz. He also played with the Cavaliers, Trailblazers, Raptors, Bucks, and Clippers. Rodney Hood, turning 30 years old. Happy birthday, Rodney. Uh, Rodney Hood... I know absolutely nothing about him. I'll be honest. He's one of those NBA players that, like, I've heard the name, but uh, I, I couldn't tell you the first thing about him. He's just a... He is a former NBA player. That is all I know. Um, I'll take over for birthdays and sports. Had to grab the paper. 
All right, moving along. Kerning 69 today is Keith Hernandez as a former MLB first baseman and current Mets TV broadcaster as a color commentator. I was trying to let you talk about Rodney Hood. Well, I, I ran out of things to talk about <laughs> with Rodney Hood very quickly. And you were otherwise busy, I'm afraid. Yeah, he briefly played college baseball at the College of San Mateo. He was drafted in the 42nd round of the 90s, 1971 MLB draft by the Cardinals. Played most of his career with the Cardinals and the Mets it's before time. finishing with the Cleveland Indians. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. My bad. <laughs> he's, a five-time, he's a five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, NL MVP in 1979. He's an 11-time Gold Glover, and his number 17 jersey is retired by those New York Metropolitans who finished in second place in the National League East this year. My first introduction to Keith Hernandez was um, from Seinfeld. You ever watch Seinfeld? I have never watched Seinfeld. That's an, that's one of those sitcoms I've just never gotten to. That one and How I Met Your Mother. Uh, but Keith Hernandez is in an episode and there's a there's a scene, or it's, the whole episode is that Kramer, who is uh, Jerry Seinfeld's next door neighbor, right, yeah, and his and Kramer's friend Newman, who lives down the hall, claim that Keith Hernandez spit on them at a walking away from a, um, I think it was a Mets game. Okay. They were like past him, and they said something to him, and they claim that he spit on them, and it is just one of the funniest descriptions of how it happened mm. of all time. It's hilarious. All right, I've got the paperback. You got the paperback. All right, turning 53 today is a former MLB outfielder who signed with the Rangers in 1986 as an amateur free agent at 16 years old, Juan Gonzalez, turning 53. Became an everyday starter in the MLB in 1991. Also played with the Tigers, the Indians, and the Royals. Three-time All-Star, two-time AL MVP award winner, six-time Silver Slugger award winner, two-time AL home run leader, and AL RBI leader in 1998, and a member of the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. Juan Gonzalez, turning 53. Happy birthday, Juan. And then turning 71 years old is a soccer manager who was most previously managed Watford, Claudio Ranieri. He's turning at 71. Known for managing the 2015-2016 Premier League winning Leicester City, has coached for more than 15 professional soccer clubs, including Chelsea, Inter Milan, and Juventus, and the Greek national soccer team. So happy birthday, Claudio Ranieri. I remember that year that they uh, they won the Premier League. That was like one of the one of the few Cinderella stories that you got get from the Premier League because there's a if, if you follow Premier League, there's a big six clubs that are just like dominate every time. It's yeah. one of those six that usually wins it. And then when Leicester came up and they won the Premier League, it was it was a great run, magical. Can you do Can you do me a favor? This is my favorite thing about the Premier League. Yes. Spell Leicester. Uh, L E I. C E S T E R. Yeah. It's like Leicester. Leicester. It looks like Leicester. It's pronounced Leicester. It is Leicester City. So happy birthday to Claudio Ranieri. Happy birthday to Juan Gonzalez, Keith Hernandez, Rodney Hood, Isaac Curtis, Jeremy Hill. And of course, if it's your birthday, happy birthday to you out in the sports call world. I always forget that you dramatically sling the paper. I do. Unnecessarily, because no one can see it but me. That's right. Birthdays and sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Let's go ahead and head to our next break of the show. When we come back, we have that Auburn Bank phone line. Keith from Auburn, James from Montgomery, retired War Dam Steve, all on the way right after this quick break. We'll be right back.
JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Give us a call to join Sports Call today at 334-887-341 locally. Toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Auburn Bank is the proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry is also here. It's a Thursday edition of Sports Call. Holding down the fort from Mr. J.J. Jackson, who's out of town today. Mr. Ryan LaVoy, who is the backup, also has a day where uh, he's got to get some work done around the, the studios. So he's uh, not hosting today. So it's it's bullpen day. It is the uh, bullpen day here for Sports Call. And we love these days because, you know, it's just it's fun. We can, don't have to sit here and listen to J.J. <laughs> wow. Throw him under the bus. Yeah, I didn't. I, I'm sorry. Let's go to <laughs> let, let's let us stop talking. We want to hear from you now. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And first up, we'll start right here in Auburn with Keith from Auburn. Keith joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Keith, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey guys, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing all right. I'm gonna speak for myself and not any other listeners. And I listen a pretty good bit, but I gotta tell you guys. The most boring segment that you have on the show is multi-millionaires' birthdays. <laughs> I don't care anything about that. They got plenty of money to let them go on with their life, be happy, okay? I, I'm just speaking for myself on that. Not my favorite segment. I get bored with it, and I hate it every time it comes on. I think I think Shadow was the same way. I was about to say, I, I think you and, you and Shadow were in the same boat with that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'll challenge all the other callers out there that listen. I mean, how many of you guys enjoy listening to all these professional athletes and whatever when their birthday was? I don't care. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to move on. Hey, guys. um, What's happening on Highway 80? I just came through, and there's tents out there where they do the, uh, I don't know what that thing is. It's called from Auburn, the uh, Alpha Maya. Sega, oh, the, the rodeo. Okay. Is that what's going on this weekend? Um, I don't know. I think I thought the rodeo was a, a spring event. So yeah, they, I did, they, too. They may be having some sort of event out well, there this weekend. They, I guess some country stars coming out here to sing or something because they got tents everywhere. And, uh, I, I just came through there and pulled off and go and get me some, uh, uh, some pickles uh, here at the... The old country store, I guess you could call it. No, Ryan. But, but anyway, I um, got a question. I, I know you guys mentioned this earlier. Um, there's not a, a lot of marquee matchups this week. 
Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. The, I, mean, not so you, I mean, you've got uh, Ole Miss and LSU as the 2.30 CBS game. Alabama and Mississippi State match up this weekend. But outside of that, uh, you've you got a couple uh, ranked versus ranked matchups, but not a lot. It's not like you've had a, some other uh, weekends this year. Well, that's when college football gets turned upside down. That's true. You know, some of these teams that are ranked and hadn't been there before, but uh, just curious to see how all that that pans out. So the Padres got a win last night against the Phillies, correct? They did. And the Yankees fell to... The, yeah, the Yankees lost 4-2 uh, to two to the Astros. Okay, so we got both baseball games going on tonight? No. Uh, I'm sure the Phillies and Padres are traveling, right? Yeah, today is their travel day. They're heading up to Philadelphia to continue that series, tied at a game apiece. And the uh, the Yankees and Astros will play tonight, I think like 6 or 6.30 is first pitch of that one. Is that in Houston or is that in New York? It's in Houston. Houston, okay. All right, I wasn't, wasn't quite sure. I, when, when I'm in Troy, I don't get live TV, so I don't really know what's going on, so I, Turn on the radio and listen, or you know, check my phone, see what's going on. But uh, TCU, do they play this weekend? They do. They've got a. Uh, this is one of the ranked matchups. They've got. They're uh, hosting number seventeen Kansas State this weekend. Okay, so that'll be. That should be a pretty good matchup. You would think. Yeah, they're only, TCU's only favored by three and a half right now. Are they at home? They are. Okay. I saw a segment, uh, you know, I'm going, uh, I think David Pollack uh, mentioned this, but he said he was talking the, the preseason, not preseason, but uh, the preview for week, is this seven or eight? This is the, week eight for college football. Week eight, okay. Um, talking about Alabama wouldn't be ranked six if they didn't have the A in front of their name. That kind of perturbed me a little bit, and I'm going to tell you why, guys. Alabama has earned that right. And I know David Pollock's a Georgia graduate, played at Georgia. And then when Georgia and Tennessee square off in Georgia, I would have probably favored Georgia because they're at home. Yeah. But everybody talks about how good Tennessee's playing right now. And everybody talks about how bad Alabama's playing right now. And I'm not arguing that fact. But it took a last-second field goal for Tennessee at home to beat a Alabama team that's not playing so well. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, one, I think, you know, you you try to, th- you would think that David Pollock tries to be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, not a little bit, he tries to be, uh on the more neutral side, but you definitely, if you've hear, you know, you've seen him talk, he definitely lets a little bit of the Georgia bias come out uh, at times. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, Alabama, they've lost one game. It's been to a very good Tennessee team. And like you said, it, it was by a field goal. You beat a Texas team uh, on the road, and that was a very hostile environment that you went into. Uh, I, I'm fine with the six rating for Alabama. I, I, I don't think they're number six, be, quote, because they got an A in front of their name. Well, you know, okay, this may rub people the wrong way on this station, but I'm an Alabama fan. 
And I know Alabama hadn't played well, and I'll be the first one to tell you they haven't. They've been very lucky to be where they're at right now. <clears throat> but what I have a problem with is everybody's a hater when it comes to Alabama because they're always in the playoffs. And I don't know how long this playoff system started or when it started or when, you know, up till to today. Uh, but they earned their, for the most part, they earned their way into that. I mean, you know, most people think, well, it's Alabama, and they're just in because they're Alabama. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, if you look at what Saban's done at Alabama, it's it's, it's more than remarkable. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys agree with that. Uh, and just because they lost a game and they haven't played well doesn't mean that they can't turn things around. And, it, yes, they've had horrible penalties. And, and I'm not blaming the officials. I'm blaming Alabama for that. That's the coaching staff in Alabama, you know. I never complain about officials in any sport. I've been an official. But, you know, uh, they went to Tennessee at a hostile uh, situation, had an opportunity to win the ball game, and they didn't. And then Tennessee hits. You know, I didn't realize this, guys. Y'all mentioned that the, the field goal that Tennessee attempted had, had attempted was uh, partially had a hand on or something. I just thought, my gosh, that ball spiraling yeah. into the goalpost. I mean, that's not a typical field goal. You know, it was going out. It looked like somebody threw that ball and not kicked it. But I did not realize that, that an Alabama player had gotten their hand on it, I guess. I never saw that. Uh, but, I, you know, I'll be the first one to sit here and tell you. I don't care how many penalties was called on Alabama, and I ain't got a clue how many was called on Tennessee. But Tennessee won the football game, and you move on. We don't point fingers. We go to the next game, and we just play hard and try to get better. Um, and, and that's the thing that I guess I get agitated about when I hear these prognosticators or David Pollock's of the world or Stephen A., you know, whoever, say, well, Alabama's just this and that. But they've earned that right. And they wouldn't be a – if they wasn't a very good football team, they wouldn't have played in all these playoffs if they'd played in. Yeah, I mean, I sitting here, you know, I, I will be – I will admit, you know, on air and you know me and me and brant both in here uh, off the air and you know a little bit on the air we we do let some auburn bias slip in I'm, you know off the air oh, i'm cheer, i'm cheer, i'm cheering i'm cheering as hard for auburn as i can off the air on the air i try to be a little more objective with it but I, there's there's going to be a little bit of auburn bias slip in because we are you know an, an auburn radio show but when it comes to alabama it's like you said keith i, I respect everything that nick saban has done at tuscaloosa and he, he has built a great program up there. If if they weren't the you know the, you put them in you know they get in the playoff almost every single year. It's been what almost ten years since they started the playoffs. I think it was twenty fourteen was the first season they did it. 
if they weren't deserving, you you would see them get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. But they, you know, when they get in, nine times out of ten, they're going to make it to that national championship game against another top four team in the country. Yeah, and I, you know, I've come to the point and the realization. I agree that they ought to extend what they're going to do now, and 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 that's good because that that does give more opportunity for teams to compete in a playoff and get the opportunity to play for a national championship game. I I don't have a problem with that. I I think that's great. Um, You know, it's just... I I, I don't know. I just get aggravated when some of the people come on and say the things they say about Alabama. And I know I'm, you know, I'm preaching to the choir because I'm a huge Alabama fan. Uh, but, you know, and I, I take things with a grain of salt. I know Alabama has played well. You know, this season has been a, a difficult season for Alabama. They've struggled. Uh, they were lucky to, lucky to beat Texas. Probably if the quarterback doesn't go down, uh, Texas beats Alabama. It, you know, but then. He did. It wasn't a bad hit. It wasn't a personal foul hit. I think the kid actually made a play on the quarterback, and the way he landed and the way the guy fell on him, that's what you got out of that ordeal. You know, so, you know, you go back to Alabama, Texas A&M with Bryce not being in the ball game. you got to play with the cards that you dealt with. And, you know... Um, Alabama found a way to beat Texas. They struggled against A&M. They'll always struggle against A&M. I can't figure that out. A&M's not a very good football team. Jimbo Fisher is not a very good football coach, in my opinion. Um, I know when he was at Florida State, he won a national championship. But my gosh, if you could read lips when his superstar quarterback came off the field and the words he said and Jimbo Fisher walked away from it, I ain't got no respect for him. So, and, you know, that's the deal with Jameis Winston and, and everything that, that, that took place there. But anyway, guys, look, uh, it, the football, college football is wide open. There's a lot of parity now, and I think that's good for college football. I'm not going to argue that. If Alabama can't get there, if they can't win the West and can't get to the SEC championship game, I'll be the first one to tell you, whoever gets there, deserve to be there you know yeah and uh, whether it's tennessee or, or georgia i'll just be honest with you guys um between georgia and tennessee you know when they play i would have georgia's the favorite and i think probably at georgia they win that football game so you know whatever happens from that point on it's it, it's it's just college football um but anyway, guys, you know, I, I'm kind of, I guess, uh, my time's up, as as Steve would say. And I know he's waiting to come online. I'd be more than happy to hear what he has to say. Uh, i got a lot of respect for him. I did get to meet him, I don't know, several years ago at a little get-together uh, that the, the show had. And i got a lot of respect for him. And I, I enjoy people that pull for their, their school and... And, you know, that's what they do. And and I'm the same way. I just realized that 
it's still when it's all said and done, it's still a football game, not life. And you know, you accept what you get, and you move on. Uh, living in Auburn, Opelika, I'd be more. I mean, I'd be thrilled when Auburn gets a coach in there that can that can coach the team up and compete with the Georgias and Alabamas and Tennessees of the SEC. And of course, you know, I, I you know, I ain't gonna toot my horn. I went back several years ago. You can go back on your podcast. I said before they hired Harson that the guy to go after was Lane Kiffin. And then I go back further than that. When Jay Jacobs was the athletic director and he said money's no object, we're going to hire the best coach that can get the job done. And they hired a 6-19 and 19 coach uh, from Iowa State, Gene Chizik. So at some point, if you want to compete, you got to go after the coaches that can get you there. And I think Lane Kiffin is the best choice for Auburn to put them in a position where they can not compete against the Georgias and Alabamas, but compete in the first year or two because he works the portal, he works NIL, and, you know, the worst thing I ever heard in the past month is that so-and-so gets the AD, Jeff Grimes is your head football coach. Well, hang on for another two or three years because it ain't going to get no better. you got to go after a proven head football coach. And Lane Kiffin's that guy. I don't care how much it takes to get him here. you got to go get him. And I'd almost, I would almost flip my hat to Auburn if they could get Lane Kiffin here. Because that's how much I think that guy knows about football and how much he can win. And, and guys, I, I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, at some point, Auburn's got to get a football coach that can compete. And I don't care how much money it takes, but they got to realize that and, and, and put themselves in a position to compete with these schools that are competing for SEC championships each year. And Jeff Grimes ain't going to get the job done. There ain't many athletes out there say, oh, yeah, I'll go to Auburn. They got Jeff Grimes. Who's Jeff Grimes? Oh, he, he he's the offense coordinator at Baylor. He was at BYU. And at one time, he was the offensive line coach at Auburn. Them kids don't care about that. But they know who Lane Kiffin is. Yeah. And I know you guys, I've heard you guys talk about that before. Uh, that's the guy, you know, that's the number one guy you got to go after. It's Wayne Kiffin. But anyway, guys, I'll hang up. Thank you so much for taking my phone call. I'm getting ready. I'm back in Opelika now, getting ready for my 40-year class reunion. Uh-oh. Far night. So, I, you know, I got to go get a face makeup and... Uh, you know, get a body wrap, and I, what, what else I got to get to go to that thing? Get my shoes shined, and you got a suit. All that good stuff. I got a suit. Listen, I got plenty of suits. <laughs> all right. I, got, I don't know if they fit, but you know, we'll figure something out. But Keith, uh, you know, I, Keith, I, I got a wedding that I got to go to in a couple of weeks, and I'm asking myself the same <laughs> question right now. <laughs> yeah, I got to dust the, the the dust off the suits that's in the closet because you know, even though I'm in the financial industry. 
if I can wear blue jeans every day, I'm going to wear them. Yes, sir. That's what I got on right now. So, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. Y'all, y'all guys do a great job. I know JJ's back home with his brother fixing to get married. I wish wish all of them the best of luck and and what's going on there. And you know, even even when JJ's not here, guys, the show doesn't miss it. It, it just not miss it, it. It don't miss a beat. I mean, you guys do a great job. You carry on the tradition of what y'all do and uh i look forward every every day to listen to you guys talk so keep up the great work thank you so much for taking my call and uh we'll talk to you real soon all right well thank you so much keith for those words thank you for giving us a call 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine just a few more seconds left you want to get a you look like you want to get a thought in brent uh it, I, I'm with Keith in that I think Lane Kiffin's by far the best hire. Um, I think Deion Sanders, I know a lot of people want him. I just don't see it happening. Uh, regardless of my own feelings on the matter, I just don't see Auburn going after him right now. For better or worse, you make that decision. I don't think it's that bad of a thing if you don't get Deion Sanders. And I, I will go into that more of that later, I'm sure. Um, but I agree that Lane Kiffin is the highest option. I'm saying right now, if Jeff Grimes get hired, gets hired at Auburn, I'm not upset about it at all. I like Jeff Grimes a lot. Uh, he He's the guy who made Zach Wilson from a two-and-a-half-star recruit who nobody had ever heard of to the number three pick in, in, overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Jeff Grimes has some scalps. He's He's got some NFL guys. He's got guys that people have heard about. Um, he's not as flashy a name as Lane Kiffin, but... Jeff Grimes still pretty darn good. Keith from Auburn, you just heard from. Thank you so much for the call. I'm sure we'll get into more of what he brought up there. James from Montgomery, retired Ward M. Steve, hanging on the lines. We're going to get to you right after our top of the hour break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry in the studio here today, filling in for J.J. Jackson. He is off the rest of this week. So we're uh, having a bullpen day today. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Had some great calls in the first half. Uh, or the first hour of the show. We're not quite halfway through the show yet, but can't wait to get to more of our great phone calls here in just a moment at 334-887-34. Locally, toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line by giving us a call. Uh, let's go, uh, let, let, you know what, let's go right back to the phone line as we uh, had Keith from Auburn on the other side of the break. We'll go back to the phone line. We're going to take a trip down uh, I-85 to 
our wonderful state capital of Montgomery, and let's go to our good friend... James from Montgomery. That's right. James from Montgomery joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. James, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, and we're Eagle. We're Eagle. Yeah, sorry for uh, the voice that I have today. It's kind of scratchy from last night. I was at, um, I was actually doing a karaoke concert. Uh, I was about to night. say, you, you, you tweeted us last night or yesterday and said you wouldn't call in yesterday because you had karaoke night last night. How'd that go? Oh, it went amazing. It was awesome. And um, that, that was our, um, that was the Coming Bond Brewery's third third time doing it uh that uh that time that was that their third time doing it so they're going to do it next wednesday as well and it's going to be very very interesting for me to actually do something like that in my hometown as well what was your uh what was your best song last night um i was actually singing um elvis i was actually doing a little bit of elvis actually and um singing one of his uh favorite songs from one of my favorite classic movies uh blue hawaii and uh the name of the song i was singing was i can't stop falling in love with you which was an amazing amazing song to an to an amazing movie that uh uh elvis presley actually um did a great job in that movie as well went a little throwback last night i like it james did you do any uh anything else besides elvis last night did you just stick with some of the some elvis stuff last night um, I was just um, different, random, it was like random songs after that as well, so it was just a little random uh, stuff as well. Did you take some suggestions from the audience, or did you go uh, make all the decisions yourself? Um, actually, I made all the decisions myself because right. my best friend was there. Okay. So we had we had like a little like a little friend battle going on. All right. <laughs> that night. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Well, what do you got on your mind today, James? Well, I have some more NASCAR news about the incident on Bubba Wallace and I think it was Bubba Wallace and Joey Logano that uh, were Kyle Larson. Yes, so I did actually get some more information on that incident, and um, what they actually said on uh, NASCAR Hub, they said that uh, Bubba Wallace is suspended uh, for the remaining of the two races that they have left, and he will be suspended for the race that's coming up this weekend in Homestead and the last uh, road course, so he won't be racing in these two uh cup series for the playoffs yeah uh i I think he's just uh just suspended for one race right now and uh, i know a lot of people think he's saying he should be suspended for both but i think he's just suspended for one race right now so he should be able to come back for that final race in phoenix yeah so he is uh yes he is suspended for the one uh this sunday in homestead and he actually went on twitter and uh told all his fans that he was uh sorry for you know he was sorry for the um you know for the actions that he's put out against Kyle Larson and I think Kyle Larson is going to race this weekend I'm not quite sure if he is uh this Sunday I'm not even I don't know if he's still up to race for Homestead so I think I might as well say that Kyle Larson would be racing this weekend but I'm I'm hoping that uh, Bubba Wallace will be racing for the um, for the remaining of the 2022 um, Cup Series uh, playoffs in Phoenix. So that will be uh, to de- to be determined by the officials over um, NASCAR as well. 
Yeah, I, I think Kyle Larson is going to race. Bubba Wallace is is suspended for one race. I, you know, reading the uh, the apology here on his Twitter. Uh, he should be back for that final race in Phoenix, so look forward to seeing him back on the racetrack in a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, you know, he broke some of the rules of NASCAR. You get suspended for uh, a race, but, you know, he didn't get fined any points or there was any, any money fine. It was just being suspended for one race, and so we should see him back on the track this year. Yes, as well. And then this coming up Sunday, uh, week seven of the NFL season actually commenced with Dak Prescott back on the lineup. And um, he's ready to go, and he has uh, cleared uh, medical clearance, so he's ready. And he would actually make the Cowboys go to the playoffs, win the playoffs, and go to the Super Bowl as well. So that was his thing of uh, earlier today on on NFL Live. Uh, earlier, they were just talking with uh, Dak Prescott about the upcoming um, remaining of the games that they're actually going to be playing, and I think that Dak Prescott is gonna is really gonna do good this Sunday as well. Yeah, you got a big one this Sunday against the Detroit Lions at home. You ready <clears throat> for that one? I am actually ready for that one. That is going to be a classic, classic matchup for the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions, but I don't know what the iconic jerseys they're going to wear for that one. So I think that's going to be uh, be to be determined between now and game time uh, decisions as well. Are you going to be watching the, uh, the Saints and the Cardinals tonight? Um. Actually, that is on Prime Video. That's on Amazon Prime Video. Um, I would watch it, but I do have the Cardinals um, winning that one. I hope I don't get um, a little – I hope I don't get in trouble anyway with Trayvon Reed because I know he is a huge Saints fan, so I don't want to, you know, hear him say why you're not picking the – the New Orleans Saints, so I'm going with the Cardinals. I think he would ask you uh, why you weren't picking the Saints. He is a big Saints fan, but you got anybody playing tonight on Fantasy, the Saints or the Cardinals? Um, I do not have okay. anybody except for Alvin Kamara. Okay. He's, he's playing with the Cardinals, so they traded him from the New Orleans Saints to the Arizona Cardinals on the off week of week six so you got alvin kamara on your fantasy team playing tonight i hope he does some big points for you um yes i actually do have him but um everything is locked in so i'm i'm actually two and four so i'm hoping i'll be three and four on week uh seven eight and nine to make it to the playoff uh divisional round as well well good luck there did you see uh did you watch your dallas mavericks last night Yes, I actually did get a chance to see that, and I am very, very intrigued on my Dallas Mavericks seeing if they're actually going to make it this year. So I'm hoping that they're going to make it back to the NBA Finals um, this coming up November as well. And then I know with Auburn, I know we don't have any games this weekend because it's um, by week. So I'm hoping, just like from the last caller from Keith, I think Lane Kiffin is not a good fit for Auburn. But if he was, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't fit the bill. So I'm pretty sure that we're still looking in regards to bringing um, Deion Sanders as well. How would you feel if Deion Sanders was hired as the uh, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers? 
Well, that would make me very happy to actually get to meet the uh, Dallas uh, Cowboys wide receiver and actually, you know, getting to meet him for the first time, actually, and, um, you know, seeing what he's going to bring to the table for Auburn in 2023. Did you, uh, James, did you watch when a couple weeks ago when Deion Sanders and Jackson State played Alabama State there in Montgomery? Yes, I actually did see that game, and I was talking with somebody that was a, a former alumni of Alabama State on that game, and they were saying there were being some words being exchanged between Deion Sanders and the Alabama State uh head coach yeah and they were saying that that game in the near future that game will no longer be in play between alabama state and jacksonville state because that was a real um it was a real hot environment to actually play that game in montgomery so i looked at it from multiple angles and i think jacksonville state beat alabama state so i think um alabama state they're not going to go this year into the slack division they got one more game they're playing on october 29th up in birmingham for the magic city classic and I'm going to be watching that game, and I think Alabama A&M is going to beat them. Okay, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good uh, historic matchup in Birmingham. This is the 89th uh, meeting between Alabama State and Alabama A&M, so this is their 89th meeting between these two schools as well. So they're going to have uh, tickets are sold out for that game. So they're going to have a lot of different concerts. They're going to have a lot of concerts on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday is the big game as well. James, you excited for the big uh, Troy South Alabama game tonight? Yes, I am actually watching that game because I do have Troy's favorite to win that one. So it's going to be a 56-26 win against the South Alabama Jaguars as well. Wow, so a big win for Troy tonight. Yeah, so we do need that big win before we actually go to the Sun Belt region as well. So I don't know who will be playing. And I've been hearing a lot of um, people asking if, Troy would be coming to the Camellia Bowl, and the uh, the answer to that is no. That will not be in Troy's favor to actually play in the Camellia Bowl because they have never played in that bowl game as well. Well, you got anything else for us today, James? Before we have to let you go, um, I'm actually well, actually with. Um, the SEC media days I actually saw on yesterday. Um, Coach Harris, she really did an amazing job. And I'm all for the basketball season this year, and I'm hoping that we'll uh, make it uh, this year to the um, Final Four. And I think they're playing the Final Four next year in Texas, if I'm yeah. mistaken. Yeah, hopefully the uh, Auburn women's basketball, Johnny Harris, can put together a good season and get this team back to the NCAA tournament. Yes, as well. And then coming up on December the uh, on October 29th, we have a huge matchup between Auburn and uh, you, uh, Auburn 
Uh, University of Montgomery, AUM. There is a classic matchup between those two schools, and I'm thinking about going to that one as well. So that's going to be a very, very fun time for me to actually see the Auburn uh, softball team actually playing in my hometown of Montgomery. Oh, yeah, the uh, last fall game of the year for uh, Auburn softball. So that would be fun if you could get to go to it. Yes, as well. And then I'll call you all back on um, Friday for Auburn and Arkansas uh, football trivia. All right. Well, we'll have Auburn and Arkansas trivia for you tomorrow, James. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. Talk to you all then. All right. War Eagle. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take our first break of the hour. When we come back, Anthony from Auburn and retired War Dam Steve are hanging on. We will get to you all right after this check of your weather and this break. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. Specifically, you can find that on Google Play if you've got an Android phone. If you're wondering how can I get there quickly, head to our Twitter feed right now at Sports Call AU. The third tweet down, we've got a link directly to the Google Play Store where you can download that app or download that uh, that podcast from the Google Play Store. That quick, that simple. If you missed the show, you got an Android device, make sure you go and find that. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 I'm Brooks Childress. Brent Daughtry sits across from me. We are rolling along on Sports Call. I had a great call from James Montgomery on the other side of the break. Let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line now. Let's come back to Auburn. And our good friend Anthony has called in. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony, how are you doing today? Doing good. And you guys? Doing great. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, well, first of all, before I get into the Auburn situation, let's talk about Tennessee, because I know y'all want to talk about Tennessee and Alabama, because I promised I would call Monday, but I didn't get a chance. All right. Well, you know, you know, after 15 or 16 years, Tennessee finally uh, went ahead and punched that ticket. So you think about it, uh, Saban's pretty much dominated him, had him in a sock somewhere tied up for that long period of time that no senior class has, uh, have won until now. So that just goes to show you the type of domination that uh, he and the Tide have had over Tennessee. But, you know, when you make the kind of mistakes that Alabama made, uh, the offensive line was not disciplined, uh, all the false starts, uh, the blocking protection went good. I guess they was misreading the line calls or whatnot or, or just couldn't handle that, that defensive scheme that they had going. Uh, when you, uh, you know, turn the ball over and everything and you get delay of games, uh, you get uh, in the special teams, uh, you get a punt blocked, I think, if I'm not mistaken. You get field goals that you miss. Uh, you know, you get all those miscues and misfires. And then on the defensive uh, side, they ha- uh, the defensive backs, uh, that defensive backfield, it, it, I mean, I don't know where it was at. I don't know if it got on a plane and, and, and flew on to Aruba somewhere or some uh, Barbados for vacation or what it might have been, but it definitely did not show up. And when you get one guy that I think had four or five touchdowns or whatever he had, 
three or four hundred yards or whatever the stats was, it was like PlayStation type numbers. I mean, when you when you do stuff like that and, and, and get in a clutch situation at the end, even even all the mistakes, even at the end, they messed around and had a few seconds they could have kicked. They, well, they did try for a field goal, but it was short and missed it. They went wide right or whatever it went. But uh, I mean. When you get in a big game like that, a showdown with another team that's got the horses and show dogs just like you got, and you mess up like that, then 9 out of 10, you're probably going to lose, and that's what happened. But I will say this, that uh, I don't think any other team in the country could have stayed with them like that and had a chance to win at the end after making all those mistakes like Alabama did. But it's going to be interesting to find out if Tennessee can go ahead and uh, punch that ticket when they play Georgia. I think it may be this weekend. I'm not certain. But if they do, uh, they can beat Georgia going to the championship game, and if Alabama can clean the act up and get itself together, because they've been exposed, gentlemen, uh, they were exposed when they played Texas, and they got more exposed this past weekend. If they can make, make it some kind of way in that championship game and uh, maybe beat Tennessee, then you could possibly look at uh, Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia in the uh, playoffs, because uh, Tennessee will have one loss to Alabama in the championship game, Alabama have one loss, and Georgia have one loss head up with with Tennessee, and they don't play Alabama. Uh, no, they don't play Alabama. So that'd be very interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got a potential for several different combinations of three SEC teams to be one loss or no losses coming in to that playoff area. You know, Alabama that could run the rest of the table. You know, everyone's looking down the road here a little bit. That Alabama Ole Miss game is, you know, Ole Miss is a top 10 team now. What if Ole Miss right. knocks off Alabama and Alabama's a two loss team and Ole Miss goes in? Or what if Ole Miss loses to Alabama, but they're still a one loss team and they're only losses to Alabama? Alabama goes on to win the SEC title. There's so many different combinations, and it's like. Right. Keith was saying earlier, college football and specifically the SEC, and where there's a couple teams where this is still wide open for anybody to win it. And you know, if that happens, that's going to make everything crazy with people that don't like Southeastern Conference football or or, oh, yeah. or whatnot, because they're going to say, "Oh man, this thing must be rigged," or or somebody did this or that to Jiminy Lock on on the playoff uh, picture or what it might be. I mean, then I guess that even supports more that they need to expand. Because, uh, I mean, that's very well possible, and it could happen this year, and I think this might be the best year for it to happen. But we're going to see how Tennessee handles things. Uh, you know, when you have success like that and win like that, sometimes you get to smelling yourself and forget what got you there and uh, might mess around and miss you and lose. But I want to move on to Auburn. All right. You know, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. I've called and everybody else has called, talking about different possible candidates that – Auburn might pursue or might hire. But, you know, I was thinking the other day, I messed around and was um, reading uh, uh, something about Tennessee there and, and uh, stumbled across Rodney Garner. And I had forgot all about Rodney Garner. Rodney Garner has been an SEC assistant for the past 30 or 32 years. He's been associate head coach, uh, I think, at uh, Tennessee, at Auburn. Uh, he's been to Georgia. He's been offensive line coach and defensive line coach at a, a different uh, at Auburn or uh, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, here and there, whenever he had two or three different stints at uh those schools, and you think about it, haven't played at Auburn, uh, haven't been on teams with Bo Jackson and Fullwood and all those All-Americans and Greg Carr and all those people, and, and uh, Al Del Greco, some of the great legends, and winning Southeastern Conference uh, Championships as a player, uh, playing on the die, learning on the die, Neil Calloway and, and Bud Casey and, and all those kind of people. And then uh, going on and coaching at Georgia and coaching at Tennessee and all these different stops like that back and forth, this guy has the experience. I mean, I, I think you're talking about a candidate. This is a Pat Dye hire. I think I might have mentioned that Auburn needed basically a Pat Dye hire, not necessarily 
some guru like a Chiffin or, or, or um, Hugh Freeze. They need a pat die hire. And what I mean by that, this guy knows what it takes to beat Alabama. He knows what it takes to beat Tennessee. He knows what it takes to beat Georgia. He knows the Southeastern Conference better than anybody, any assistant or any coach I could think of with 32 years uh, back and forth between Auburn, Tennessee, and Georgia. Those are the three schools that, that he's been at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the Southeastern Conference. And I think, you know, a guy like this, he knows Auburn. He knows Auburn people. He loves Auburn. He bleeds orange and blue. You'd have to run this man out of town. I mean, you know, he would give it everything he got if he got that head coaching job. I tell you, he probably worked some extra hours that people don't even know about uh, to get things done. I mean, I think uh, he's been a recruiting coordinator at just about every stop. Uh, they've got a list of players they, 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 uh, that I looked up the other day of people he's recruited and gone to the pros and, and this and that. I don't think there's a better final candidate than Ryan Garner, even though he does not even have a head coach experience. But he's been, like I said, a recruiting coordinator, social head coach uh, here and there, and got those years of experience. I think that might be the man Auburn is looking for and need. And what are your thoughts? I like Rodney Garner a lot. I think he's one of the best position coaches that Auburn has had in my lifetime, at least. And like you said, he's he played under Pat Dye. He knows what good coaching looks like. I think the the only thing that gives me pause about Rodney Garner is that he has no coordinator experience. You know, if if you want to call him in and say, "Hey, you're upgraded a defensive coordinator," and see where it goes from there, I think that'd be great. But uh, I, the fact that he's been a position coach pretty much everywhere he's been, and he's been a position coach for thirty years now. Uh, th- that I don't know. Going from a position coach, and I understand he's been an associate head coach and things like that. But you know, Zach Etheridge is the associate head coach at Auburn right now. He's not going to get offered the job uh, for, from anywhere. Yeah, but Zach so. ain't got the experience this guy has. He don't. No, get Zach, Zach has not been and coaching for thirty years. Thing too, guys. Uh, I remember back in the eighties when when Auburn was looking for offensive coordinator, they hired Pat Sullivan. He had no coach college coaching experience. This guy was on the radio team. He played. Don't get me wrong now. He's Auburn's favorite son, won the Heisman, went on to the Atlanta Falcons and spent about seven years or so in the NFL as a backup, but had absolutely no coaching experience. I don't even think on the high school level. And they, he was given the job as offensive coordinator. So I don't want to hear this nonsense. This man is ready. Even though he might not have had a, the, the head coach job or somewhere at some little school or hadn't had a coordinator job, that man knows football. There ain't no doubt in my mind if I was looking to hire somebody to try to get this thing turned around a man that loves Auburn ain't going to jump and run. Now, you hire Dion, as soon as Florida State called, which would be the equivalent of Alabama's mama call, that man gone, or uh, uh, somebody else. That man ain't going to run. You, I think this might be the Pat die hire, even though he don't have the experience you're talking about. Well, it, Pat Sullivan was never the offensive coordinator at Auburn. He was the QB yes, coach. Pat Sullivan was the offensive coordinator at Auburn, quarterback coach and offensive coordinator at Auburn uh, in the late 80s, and he got that uh, head coaching job at TCU. Now go back and do your homework. I'm gonna say he he was. Uh, go back and do your homework, young man. I don't know how old you are, but go back and do your homework. I'm gonna say go I, back and do your homework. He definitely Matt was. Uh, was an offensive coordinator at Auburn University. Uh, I think from '87 to '89 or '90 or somewhere like that. But it was, it was late '80s. Because I remember his kids were going to school over at Auburn High School when I was there. Go back and do your homework. The uh, I, I want to go back to. Um, the uh, the the Rodney Garner. I I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, and I, I would take Brant's same side with he does not have head co- or had, does not have 
offensive or defensive coordinator experience or coordinator experience, but on the other side of that, there's a current head coach in the SEC that got hired, and he's been coaching since 1984. This is his first head coaching job. He was never a coordinator, and that's Sam Pittman over at Arkansas. He's had pretty good, uh, pretty good success there at Arkansas, and so I, that would be an argument of why Rodney Gardner would work. Uh, I just don't know. You know, th- things ended roughly there when Gus Malzahn left, and then it looked like it was going to be Kevin Steele with Rodney Gardner staying on, and then that that whole stuff blew up, and it was. Well, you know, you know. Those things can be worked out. You get him down here and talk a little bit and and True. everything, and, and get get the right kind of language together. Uh, you can smooth those things out. I, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a horrible idea to get to that, at least give Rodney Gardner uh, a call. Because we're talking coaching, things like that happen day to day in coaching. We can those things can be overlooked and worked out. I think is the best thing. That would be the best thing for Auburn. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can get a better candidate than that. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I think that's going to be probably my opinion. Of course, that is my opinion. Other people might have other opinions, but I think right now Auburn needs a pat die higher, and that's your pat die higher, as far I, as I'm concerned. Yeah. Period. After I looked over his resume the other day, I was reading the article, and then I Googled a little bit and read over everything. I was like, oh, my God, how in the world did I overlook that as we've been talking about hiring? I mean, everybody's gone whole about hiring Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders ain't got no experience like that. Even though he's, I mean, he's a coach at a little school. Let's not get carried away. That's that's a different brand of football now. Yeah. Now, I understand it. Anthony, you know, you know Deion, how much I hate agreeing with you, but that's where my uh, that's where my red flag with Dion is too. Everybody was looking at Dion popularity that he come in here and walk in the living room and just clean up, which he probably would, because all the players want to jump on that bandwagon. That's what he's looking at. He signed twenty five of the top players in the country right off the bat on a year to year basis. That's what. So you figure if you get that. And get some halfway decent coaches. If you got the best players, then you're probably automatically going to beat everybody, regardless of coaching that good or not. You got all the studs, uh, horses, and show dogs. But I thought I'd put my two cents in. I'm going to eat my little dinner here, and then I'm going to go to work and make me some money. And, guys, I tell you, you know, I was looking at my pay stub the other day. I'm on track to making me about $55,000 this year, so I got to go get it, and I'll holler at y'all. All right, sounds good, Anthony. Thanks for the call. Thanks so much, Anthony, for that call. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. So you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, Let's go ahead and head to our next break before we get back to the phone line. Ed from Auburn on the line. We'll get to you just right after the break. And, of course, Wardam Steve still waiting on there. We will get to you in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Call right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 
Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to that show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice cold Coca-Cola to go on the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste of the feeling. Sports Call podcast, of course, available anywhere you get your podcast. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Titan Communications app. Anywhere you get a podcast. Freaking anywhere you want it. Freaking anywhere you want it. We had Ed on the line. Ed has just dropped. So, Ed, if you want to call back in, we'll get to you in just a moment. But for right now, let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us there is... Ward Damn Steve. He has been waiting patiently, and we bring him on now. Retired Ward Damn Steve joins us on the program. Steve, how are you today? Good, guys. And you know me. I'm patient. I'm stubborn. So, uh, you can't... Can't drop me. I'll call back. Plus, Steve, I know you always like to respond to whatever Anthony says, and sometimes you like to respond to what Keith says. So we got you both of those callers there for to listen to. Yeah, I heard some really interesting comments uh, from both those gentlemen. Uh, I respect them both, even though at times I may disagree with their perspectives. Uh, well, uh, Keith, uh, about your comments uh, regarding Alabama's, you know, ranking. I could care less where they're ranked. Um, but about the team, I appreciate you, Candace, that they're not the team that um, apparently even Nick Saban expected, right? At the beginning of the season, I recall reading that he made a comment, this is, he believes, the best Alabama team he's coached. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah, they, if he didn't say it, a lot of the media said it. And I'll tell you what, I'm sure that folks on this program said that this was probably one of the more talented teams that Nick Saban had under his uh, belt coming into this year, and they haven't played like it. Well, Keith, if you want to Google this, Please do it, uh, because this comes not from David Pollack, but from Mr. Greg McElroy himself. Did you read his comments, what his observations are about this Alabama team this season? Did not. Okay, well, he said, I, I saw it uh, on the Internet this, uh, this afternoon, and his comment was basically that he sees this Alabama team as uh, having lost their confidence, for his words. That's interesting. I I don't see that from Alabama. I see a really good football team that is not perfect. Um, I, I think they're still really good. I think they've still got a chance to play for a national championship. Uh, and they just ran up against the Tennessee team that was playing in their home stadium and was just better on that day. I think those teams play 10 games all on a neutral side. I think Tennessee wins five. I think Bama wins five. I, I think it's two evenly matched teams, and Tennessee came out better that day. And for us to declare this Bama team dead seems like an overreaction. Well, uh, he's not calling him dead. Uh, I'm just telling you what his observation Right, no, I, I understand I that. I, his I, opinion, I mean, he comes from being an Alabama quarterback, and he went on to say uh, about his comments, he said they're uh, lacking confidence, he said, because he's talked to a number of players and even uh, the, the coaches on the staff and saying that there was a lot of pressure because they were, in fact, they, they were pretty much uh, told, and a lot of the players apparently have been feel the stress that is either championship or bust. That was the theme this year for them. Championship or bust. It's I, all or nothing. I feel like it's been that way for Alabama for about a decade now. Yeah, it's have even more this year, especially after Staven apparently made a comment, this is the best team uh, that he's had under his coaching regime. So there you go, Keith. Uh, Greg McElroy, uh, you can have at it with him. Okay, uh, now – on a much more brighter side, guys. Uh, and I heard comments from uh, Anthony uh, about uh, Mr. Primetime and others. I, I don't know who they're going to pick. Um, no one does. No one knows at this point. Uh, but I can tell you what I'm feeling really optimistic about, and that's uh, Mr. Walter Kessler. 
Uh-huh. You know, you never know what you've you know got until you miss what you've got, right? Yeah. Did you see what he did last night? Had a really good night on his uh, debut for the Utah Jazz. Not really good, but damn good. More damn good. I'm reading this from Nathan King. Walter Kessler is the first player, sit down, guys, in NBA history to record a double-double and shoot 100% from the floor in their rookie debut. Had a good night. Had a good night. Jabari Smith had a good night last night, too, for the, right. for the Rockets. I mean, that's, to me, that, that's, uh, I mean, uh, incredulous for him to have a double-double, a shooting 100% from the floor as a rookie. Never been done before in NBA history. Not by LeBron, not by any of the other great uh, NBA players. Not in their rookie season. He, he, had, he went off last night. I'm going to pull up his, uh, his stat line. 24 minutes, 12 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist. So uh, that's who we're missing this year. Yeah. But, well, it, it was good while it lasted. All right, moving on, guys. Uh, about this uh, AD search, guys. Yeah. Uh, have you read Philip Marshall's column this uh, afternoon? have not read Philip Marshall's column this afternoon. What did he say? Well, just real quickly, uh, some nuggets. Uh, he said apparently nobody, not even the people who closest to uh, 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 President uh, Roberts, do they know what is going on or who he's even started considering. But here's what he says from the best sources he has. He says, what I believe most strongly is the following. Apparently, New Mexico Athletics Director Eddie Nunes is now definitely a candidate. Okay. Yeah, I, I've so read is, Nunez's name as well. Okay, and so is John Hartwell and Rich McGlynn. Others who have already been interviewed are the following. Colorado AD, Rick George. Georgia Southern AD, Jared, or Jared Binko. And UConn Director, David Benedict. Okay. So, But he says that apparently, um, from what he gathers... Nunez, Harwell, McGlynn are the leaders. Uh, those are his words. Yeah, that's that's what I that goes along with what I've heard and read as well. I'm gonna say I think I okay. saw uh, an article from uh, Pete Thamel earlier today. It was it was it was either yesterday or earlier today that he, he was saying that Hartwell is one of the guys that's definitely leading the pack. Well, uh, for what I read about Nunez, he would uh, he checks a lot of boxes. He was a past uh, AD at uh, LSU, wasn't he? Florida. He was he played basketball at Florida under Billy Donovan, um, right. and he he was the associate AD at LSU for several years. Uh, was a part of the Will Wade hiring, I think, as well. So he's got a lot of experience. He's got a he's got a lot of history in the Southeastern Conference as well. He's he's really good. He um he was a big part in getting uh, LSU their new football facility, which is very, very nice and is certainly a big deal. So uh, I like Eddie Nunez a lot. I think with uh, both him and John Hartwell, uh, I think both of those guys can be really really good picks. Okay. Uh, and again, you know, Phil Marshall says from the people that um, he, to me, to him are reliable sources, uh, he says, I don't even think the handful of people, quote, helping Dr. Roberts uh, him know what he's thinking or what he's going to do. He says, one thing, though, I've been told that he has a plan and he's sticking to it. He says, what is that plan? Your guess is as good as anyone else's. So apparently uh, 
leaks are not coming like they normally do, right, guys? Yeah, but it's, it sounds like, uh, you know, Chris Roberts, and I, I don't know if, if the the um, McGlynn, when, when they named Rich McGlynn the interim, I don't know if that was really, like, leaked anywhere that they were going to do that ahead of time. I think they kept that pretty under wraps before it happened. They did. That was pretty right. sudden. Uh, and, yeah, Chris Roberts is, is very tight on things getting out. He doesn't want things getting out. He wants to handle stuff in-house, which, you know, would be a pretty nice pa- change of pace for Auburn. Yeah, I think Williamson is a good thing because I'm tired of reading these Pete Thamel, you know, uh, breaking news, you know, hit pieces, whatever. Yeah. Now, you know, guys, you know, I, I, I've been not alone in this, but, you know, our offense, our offense, I said, has been offensive this year. Well, I read a comment from Mr. Stat Tiger, whose real name is, uh, last name is Stewart uh, Carter, or the first name is Stewart Carter. Anyway, he had a positive um, stat. To uh, and comment to make uh, about the offense, guys, which uh, uh, kind of uh, su- uh, surprised me. He said this: having tracked statistical data on Auburn football for over 30 years, I'm amazed how successful the offense has been when it comes to producing explosive plays. He says, as bad and inconsistent as the offense has been this season, they are number 19 nationally and fourth in the SEC in producing plays of 20 or more yards. This, he says, is a statement or testament to the potential that Auburn has at the skill positions. He went on to add, bad offenses do not normally have success in producing explosive plays, but this one has. Yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and uh, Robbie Ashford, who are all incredible athletes. You've got a couple of wide receivers on the outside that are good deep threats. The problem is just getting that consistency. You can create those 20, 30, 40-yard plays. The problem is the five-yard inside runs that that your offense is built on. Those are not the plays that that get remembered. Those are not the plays that uh, affect how much you think a team is going to win the game, but... The, those are the plays that go that that keep drives alive, that keep your offense on the field and your defense off, that demoralize the the things that work that can break down a defense over a game. So you're not getting those plays, but the explosive plays have definitely been there. And I didn't know we were this highly ranked nationally when it came to uh, producing uh, plays of 20 more yards, being ranked 19. Yeah, like I said, you've you've got guys. We just do it consistently, right, guys? Yeah, when when things go right, they go really, really right because you've got some great athletes with their hands with the ball in their hands. But the problem is just the little things, you know. I I understand that's coach speak to a degree, but it's it's the little things that you can't get right consistently. All right, and then about our basketball team, guys. Um, I caught this article. Are you familiar with a website um, run by a guy named Bart? Torvik, T-O-R-V-I-K, V-I-K? I can't say that I am. Neither is I. But according to this from Auburn uh, on 3.com, uh, it says, Torvik Analytics, run by Bart Torvik, is one of the top analytic websites in college basketball. And so based on this website's analytics, uh, he gave uh, winning probabilities for, in fact, the website is B-A-R-T, T-O-R-V-I-K dot com. He gave winning probabilities uh, for all the games that we have, and he projects either a 10-8 and 8 or 12-6 and 6 season for Auburn based on his analytics in the SEC. Okay. What do you guys think about that? 
Um, that sounds a, a reasonable that you're winning, you know, majority over half of your SEC games, uh, and you're you're you know probably up there in the top half of the the conference, probably in the top four of the conference with that record. Uh, the the SEC is you know you've seen it's very very deep. You look at the preseason poll, you got Kentucky ranked, Auburn's ranked, Tennessee's ranked, Arkansas's ranked, Alabama's ranked, and then you've got other teams in there that are you know they've got talent on their rosters. Uh, and so I I think it's a fair assessment. I think Auburn has the capability, the talent to win more than that. But because of how deep this this conference is, and you know that really really good Auburn team last year still slipped up and lost a few games. And so I think they I think this team you obviously don't you have a Jabari and you don't have a Walker Kessler anymore. Uh, but I I think they've got the potential to win more than that. But I don't I'm not having any arguments with that uh, that win total. Well, total win total he has all with non-conference games as well, is either being, uh, at the worst, he says, 22-8 and eight or 24-6. and six. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, that's a tournament team. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty solid lineup. Okay. All right. Speaking of solid lineups, I did not know that our golf, men's golf team was just darn good. But according to Golf uh, Week or something, anyway, um, I read Auburn Sports, a website that apparently we're ranked number three and number four in the country, men's golf. Did you know that? Yeah, and the women's golf is uh, pretty high up there, too. Yeah, I think they were ranked number 19th or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and the, the women are playing, I think this coming week, they're playing at the uh, East Lake Cup, which is one of the most prestigious uh, college golf tournaments in the country. So, um, and then, of course, the volleyball team, is, are they, what, 17-2? and two? Yes. Okay, what's their SEC uh, record? Um... Both losses are in SEC yeah. to uh, LSU and to Missouri. Um, I don't know exactly what they're – it's somewhere, you know, it, it's two losses. Okay. When does the season end? Or when do they go, I guess, to, to a tournament to a championship or is there one? There is no SEC volleyball tournament. You've got Tennessee coming in this weekend. Um, I think you still have to go play Kentucky toward the end of the year. They are 6-2 and two in conference play to be – uh, you got Tennessee coming in this weekend. You got Florida. Then you've got two against Kentucky, two against Texas A&M. And you're not going to end the season until around Thanksgiving. Okay, so educate me here. What then happens after the regular season is over? They will go to the you know the SEC will declare a champion, whoever has the best record in the conference, um, and then you will get a. It's going to be an NCAA like selection show. The the NCAA uh, committee will choose who goes to the tournament. Okay, uh, how many teams get to? Qualify? Are get, get invited? I think it's like basketball. I think there's 64, or 68 teams altogether, but I'd have to double check that. Okay, because uh, I, I obviously I don't follow volleyball, but will any of those tournament uh, games be televised? Uh, they, I mean, most of them, I believe, last year were on some some form of ESPN. I know ESPN had a few, and then ESPN Plus carried a lot of them. Yeah, I know on the SC Network they'll carry some of the volleyball games. I just I was wondering, okay, all right. Uh, and then, guys, about uh, um, uh, coaches. I've heard Matt Rule's name mentioned quite often or seen him, his name mentioned. Have you guys seen that? I've seen some fans throw that out. I haven't seen that reported anywhere. I, I don't expect Matt Rule to be here. I hope not. The reason is because I've read this from uh, the website called hailvarsity.com. Are you familiar with that website? I just caught by accident. I am not. Uh, the article is entitled The Carousel. Okay. And it talks about Matt Rule is one of the, of the items on there. And he says, you know, hold on, not so fast, 
all you people who think Matt Rule is such a great would be such a great hire because then he talks about what he actually did. He went deep and dug uh, at Baylor and uh, I think at uh, Temple. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, my, and uh, he said they had winning seasons, especially Baylor, before he got there. He says while the Bears dropped to seven six a year before Rule's arrival, they were thirty two and seven, which was point eight two one winning percentage the three seasons prior to that. He yeah. says both Temple and Baylor were down when Rule took over, but part of that perception is because both had been up in the preceding seasons. He said it's tough to separate signal from noise when considering coaches in general, but I find it particularly tough with Rule. You can't deny that his teams got better year to year. But is there more to it than that? He said he didn't beat a ranked team over three seasons at Baylor. Didn't know that. He was 2-5 and five against top 25 opponents at Temple. Yeah. I mean, Temple usually doesn't com- compete that much with top 25 teams, though. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, looking at a... But he was 2-5 and five against top 25. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, he didn't beat a ranked team at all uh, during his three years at Baylor. Yeah, I was about to say, looking at the uh, um, Baylor... You know, Baylor had they had Art Bryles going through, and they last year with Art Bryles they finished eleven and two. You went to Kendall Bryles, um, or no, you went to uh, Jim Grobe, who went seven and six. And then that's when you had I'll tell you I mean I I don't discount what he did at Baylor because you had the mass exodus of Baylor players after that. Uh, uh, the all the Bryles uh, fiasco, and you were he was one and eleven his first year, and then you saw the seven and six and eleven three uh, right after that, where he built that program back up. Now, like you brought up a really good point about the um, the uh, not beating a ranked team, and that that could be a problem. But I I don't want to discount what he did at Baylor because he took a, a team that was really struggling there after with uh, because of the mass exodus because of the Art Bryles incident. And uh, turned it around very quickly. Well, I'm I'm just pointing out what this uh, you know writer says. He says, "Hey, hold on, you're looking at maybe just surface level stuff." He says, uh, "Before Rule arrived, Baylor uh, record was 32 and seven the three seasons prior to his arrival." That's all that he he was pointing yeah. out there. Okay, so that's uh, so much uh, for that. And uh, with all that, guys, you know, uh, I have no clue right now when those decisions are going to be made or not but uh, about uh, our current coach. But I came across a catalog sent to me today uh, that I thought, well, you know, I think I'd love to send this shirt and have a – in fact, I think it would be appropriate for uh, Coach Harzen, while he remains our coach, to wear this shirt uh, on the sidelines uh, while he's still our coach here for the remaining season. And the uh, T-shirt says the following, I don't have my ducks in a row. I have squirrels. <laughs> And they are everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I thought when I left it, you know, why not? You know, because I don't think he's had his Jackson Roll for quite some time, guys. That's a, that's a funny shirt. So with that, guys, uh, I thank you for your time. I know my time is way, way up. So y'all have a safe, relaxing afternoon. And uh, welcome back on uh, to Baldwin County. I hope you have a nice, relaxing weekend. And hope you get to see uh, Miss Grace. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Okay, Brett, you have a relaxing uh, weekend yourself. Stay safe, everybody, and 
Talk to you next time, guys. War Eagle always. War Eagle Steve, that was retired War Dam Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And Thank that you, Steve. is going to take us to the end of our second hour. We're going to have a break, get to your tired communication sports report with Mr. Brant Daughtry, and then we will be back for the third and final hour with your phone calls and more sports talk on Sports Call right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now on a Thursday. I'm Brooks Childress. Brent Daughtry sits across from me in the studio. We are filling in for Mr. J.J. Jackson on the show this afternoon. Bullpen day, as I like to call it. Got a uh, big baseball game coming up tonight. Yankees-Astros, game two of the ALCS. Astros took game one last night. I'm sure our good friend of the program, Chris Gordy, was happy about that. Member of the uh, Houston Astros radio team down there. The uh, Our in-house Yankee supporter, Ryan Lavoy, was not happy about that, can tell you that. They look to bounce back even up this series before sending it back to New York over the weekend. The roof will be open at Minute Maid Park down there in Houston. And I think the last time, if I'm correct, a the postseason roof was open in Minute Maid Park, unless it, it's been open sometime this, this postseason that, uh, that I'm aware of. Jorge Soler launched a monster home run out of it. Yeah, he did. And so uh, over the tracks, over the tracks, onto whatever street is out beside it, and uh, into a residential area, if I remember right. That's right, and it may still not have landed. It may still be circling the the sphere that we live on. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four and locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We've had a lot of great calls today. We've had a lot of talking. Uh, we've talked a lot of great stuff today on the program so far. So let's uh, let's recap it, shall we? We've already finished the first two hours of sports call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? Had lots of great phone calls today on our Sports Call Daily Show recap. We've heard from Keith. We've heard from Retired Wardam Steve. We've heard from James from Montgomery. We've heard from Anthony from Auburn. 
We'd love to hear from you if you want to give us a call. We've also talked a lot about different things. Uh, uh, you know, obviously the Auburn uh, head coaching position has uh, come up several times on the show today. Alabama and Tennessee has also come up several times on the show today. And so we've uh, we've been spreading around different subjects around the world of college football. We've talked a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We talked, briefly mentioned some uh, Legally Blonde on the air earlier today. Had a great time last night with my fiance Grace. At hour number three will be devoted to musical theater. <laughs> I don't know if we can go full hour. Maybe. I could. I, well, listen. There's, I've been to several musicals uh, the, since I've uh, started my relationship with Grace. She's gotten me more into the theater. And so the, the if you haven't been to a show at the Waltos Theater over on campus of Auburn University, highly recommend going. they got some great shows coming up this year. I know we have, have some uh, some we've previewed on, on our ads today, um, and they're coming up quick. So make sure that you uh, get your tickets quickly. Uh, but we've had some great conversations today. Let's uh, shift gears away from football really quickly. And Auburn basketball coming up in a few weeks. We're getting closer and closer to tip off of the season. Auburn versus UAH, University of Alabama Huntsville, for the exhibition game here in a few in a couple weeks. And then you open up the season against George Mason, a team that you have played in Auburn Arena before. Uh, not a pushover team, a very good uh, a, a good team out of the uh, – I think they're in the Patriot League. Um, I certainly don't know. We could also be in the CAA, uh, but they are a good team. You've, we've seen Auburn has seen them at Auburn Arena before. They've seen them at Auburn Arena during the Bruce Pearl era before. You tip off against them. Tip off media days was yesterday for Bruce Pearl and the the Auburn basketball contingency. Well, and the rest of everybody, because unlike SEC football media days, everything's kind of squeezed into one day, and so. Some comments came out from there, and sounds like Bruce Pearl is, you know, once again uh, embracing the underdog. As Auburn's picked what fourth to finish fourth in the SEC I this year. I think so, at thir- third or fourth by most projections. And then, you know, also he uh, continued to talk about how the uh, you and he's been saying this all off season how replacing uh, Jabari and Walker with uh, Treor and uh, who who was the other one Broom Broom Jani Broom uh, you couldn't get much better than I don't think they could have done much better than that but then also continue to reiterate that they've still got a long ways to go and I think that's I think that's been the calling card for Bruce Pearl's team since he's been here is every year before the season starts no matter what the expectations are he's, he continues to say we got a long way to go with this and yeah you know you, you it, got you got great players with a lot of potential but yeah. he got to pull that potential out of them or you know you're not going to win a whole lot of games so what do you brant we you know we don't want to talk you know we're still a couple weeks away not a lot has been and said or not a lot we don't know a lot you know practices have just been happening what are your thoughts uh post sec media days on this auburn basketball team heading into the season i'm really excited to see how some of these guys get better the guys who got into roles last year get better uh wendell green is Gonna, it sounds like he's going to be point guard number one, uh, and I'm excited to see how he grows. Um, he had moments last year where he was excellent, and he had moments last year where he, he kind of fell by the wayside and wasn't really doing a whole lot. Um, uh, Katie Johnson has lost 20 pounds in the offseason. He's he says that he wants to be more explosive. He wants to contribute more late in games. When uh, or last year, he just couldn't put up the minutes that he wanted to. And there are, again several times where he just kind of fell off and tried to rely on those other guys. I said this. I can't remember if it was on the show or not. I don't think it was. So I'll say it here. Uh, Auburn's got two guards uh, that are going to be here for a while. Nobody expects Wendell Green Jr. and Katie Johnson to be going to the NBA as super young guys. So you've got guards that are going to get uh, at least two more years of experience each. 
uh, before they are before they have to move on. So what you have to do is you have to surround experienced guards with talented young guys, and I think Auburn has done that. Auburn's got talent in guys like Yoan Treor and Janai Broom and uh, Chance Westry and Trey, Don- Trey Donaldson and players like that that are question marks and are certainly exciting, but I want to I see the maturation of those guys alongside the talent of the young guys, as well as uh, older guys like um, Dylan Cardwell. I, I want to see him get a bigger role this year uh, because he's not behind uh, the defensive player of the year. You're going to see more minutes from Jalen Williams because he's not behind a lottery pick in uh, Jabari Smith, who, by the way, we've already touched on both of those guys. They look great in their NBA debut, so I'm really really looking forward to what those guys do, the, the returning players uh, working in concert with the younger guys, and I think that's what Bruce wants, too. He wants his older guys to te- to step up and show the younger guys this is how we do things, and then let the younger guys' talent kind of take over as they get more comfortable and the season goes on. Auburn basketball. If, to recap, uh, if you forgot or if you uh, can't quite remember, the birthright for college basketball over the summer, where they went to Israel, finished two and one in that uh, stretch of three games. The only losses to the Israel national team by the score of ninety-five to eighty-six. Only lost by nine points to a group of professional athletes, and then. They will open up the season with an exhibition November 2nd against UAH. Their first official regular season game will be Monday, November 7th against George Mason out of the Atlantic 10. Look that up. Uh, And then you've got a stretch where you don't have a road game or you don't play away from Auburn Arena or Neville Arena, my bad, until you play in that Cancun Challenge Thanksgiving week, November 22nd down in Cancun, Mexico. Your first true road game does not come until December 18th in Los Angeles, you've got two games in Cancun. You've got one game in Atlanta versus Memphis at the Holiday Hoops Giving uh, that the Tigers played in last year. And then that trip out west to USC and Washington on December 18th and 21st, your first true road games for this Auburn Tigers team. So a, a really good chance for this Tigers team to grow and develop at home in front of the Auburn fans. Uh st- really early this year and the first one is against George Mason on November 7th 334-887-34 and locally toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line let's go to our first break of our number three when we come back got some Auburn baseball news to talk about a schedule was released today and we'll talk about it more right after this Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Sports Call can now be heard on Alexa devices. You want to know how? You can? Well, here it is. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon on the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. That's all you have to do. Now say, hey, Alexa, 
play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I know I say this almost every single time I do that reading. I love saying that one because I, I just imagine someone now yelling at their Alexa device because they heard me say it. And so Alexa's now trying to tell you that, yes, I did order more razor blades. And you're like, no, no, no. Razor blades. First thing, you know, you shave. I do shave. Do you shave with a... No, no, I use a mechanical razor. So, yeah, so well, yeah, I do blades. have to, I do have to have razor blades. Okay, yes. you see, you have to order razor blades. I, yeah, but I, I order razor blades like maybe once a year, not on a schedule. That's why the person's mad. Okay. All right, joke fell flat. I'm, I'm, I'm all manner of turned around. I'm tired. Auburn baseball. There are things happening that have upset me on this show. And I've just been out of sorts since. I hope it wasn't me. No, you're, you're perfect. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you. Auburn baseball looks to be perfect and wonderful next year. They released their non-conference schedule. I like the way you said yay. <laughs> <laughs> they released their non-conference schedule earlier today. Of course, Auburn baseball's fall exhibition season concludes next Friday at home as they host the Alabama Crimson Tide, October 28th, 630 at Plansman Park. And then we already knew the conference slate was released a few or a week, week and a half ago was officially released. Tigers visit Arkansas, host Georgia, visit Florida, host Texas A&M, visit Alabama, host Mississippi State, visit South Carolina, host LSU, visit Oxford, Mississippi, for take on the defending national champion Ole Miss Rebels, and then finish out the conference slate at home against Missouri. Conference slate, of course, getting underway on March 17th in Fayetteville. The non-conference schedule got released today, and it's an interesting hodgepodge of, you got a couple uh, teams that were added into the non-conference slate that were NCAA tournament teams last year, and you've got some teams that were not necessarily tournament teams, but they've had good history with baseball in uh, in their in the past, uh, you start off February seventeenth for a weekend series hosting the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'd like to know if Auburn and Indiana have ever played. Uh, I'm sure we can look that up and find it. Auburn will then make another trip to Huntsville, like they did last year. Last year they took on Tennessee Tech up there at Toyota Field in Huntsville. Beautiful facility. Um, I went up there. I think it was May. I went up there for a uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas baseball game, and it is a beautiful facility. It, it's one of the better uh, minor league ballparks that I've been to. Yeah, um, I would put it up there with uh, Riverwalk Stadium. I really love River, Riverwalk Stadium in Montgomery. I also really love uh, Blue Wahoo Stadium down in Pensacola. Those are some of the best minor league parks that I've been to. Uh, so they'll take on North Alabama in that one uh, right off the bat. And then... They head out west for a weekend series. In Los Angeles, California, they'll take on USC Trojans, who have a very, very rich baseball history. Didn't make the tournament last year, uh, but they, they're a team that always has talent. You go look across Major League Baseball, you got USC guys everywhere in in majors. You've got them in the, in the minor leagues. They're, they've got a lot of great baseball talent there. Then you get uh, a, a midweek game against Florida A&M at home. Then you welcome in Lipscomb. Auburn's played Lipscomb in basketball recently. They've played them in baseball recently. It, it's, a, it's a team that you the, the, the Tigers in different sports are very familiar with. Uh, host UAB, host Jacksonville State. And then you get welcome in uh, your first tournament team of the year, Southeast Louisiana, who, if you remember correct, if you remember, was here for the NCAA tournament this past uh June, they were one of the teams that Auburn hosted. They were actually the first team Auburn played in that uh, that big tournament run that they had. 
Uh, and then you go and you get to host another tournament team from last year, Georgia Tech, who went up to the Knoxville Regional last year. And so they will come in for a midweek series. And then you hit conference play, so that means you'll have some midweeks sprinkled in. You got South Alabama at Riverwalk Stadium in mid-March. Uh, late March, you welcome North Alabama here to Plainsman Park. You make the return trip to UAB toward the 1st of April. You also make the return trip to Georgia Tech in the middle of April. You host Samford, as you usually do, at Plainsman Park mid-April. End of April, you're going. Uh, you're hosting Troy. You don't make the return t- trip to Troy this year. Uh, you do, once again, make the return trip to Samford, but again, it is the uh, the annual game that the Tigers like to go up there and play Samford at the Hoover Met. Kind of gets you a little acclimated to how that ballpark plays as you're getting close to the tournament time there for the SEC Baseball Tournament. And then their final non-conference game, mid, uh, mid-May, as you go up to Jacksonville State. The Tigers went up there last year, and it was a really good baseball game. So, yeah. Some good, uh, some good matchups here in the the early part of the non-conference slate. Some good uh, brands of college baseball with USC and Indiana. So a really interesting non-conference schedule. I'm sure you get, you know, you're going to get closer to the season. Maybe they'll drop one or two other uh, non-conference games in the midweek somewhere around there. But Butch Thompson and the Auburn baseball team releasing their non-conference slate today. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. So you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take another break. When we come back, me and Brant, as I said earlier, it's our last day on the show this week. So we'll take a look at some of the college football slate for this weekend, and then get you toward a nightly TV guide right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Thursday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry joins me in the studio. We've had a fun show so far. So far. Bullpen day. I don't think anybody's taken us deep yet. I feel like I've given up five in like three innings. I feel like I've been hit by a truck. What? Do you, I didn't ask you. What are your thoughts on that baseball uh that baseball schedule. Yeah, I, I think that Auburn base. I think that Auburn baseball has a chance to be really, really good this year. I think they have a chance to be good going forward. I. You know, the West Coast trip is obviously the most interesting part, going to play uh, USC, um, it, following football over there, I guess, yeah. or, or actually preceding, preceding. Yeah. Uh, football going following over there. Following basketball. Following basketball. So uh, it should, obviously not to USC, but to UCLA for football, but basketball is going to play USC, uh, and then baseball. So it, that's going to be a really, really interesting one. I, I like games that pit Auburn against weird opponents like i remember oh, yeah. they, like in 2014 i think it was that it was 2014 because nick marshall was the quarterback uh and it, but uh they went to kansas state yeah on like a thursday or friday night so fun that was just an awesome game to watch helps that auburn won it but i love games like that that are just weird against non-conference opponents that you don't think about all that much um 
and that was a really good game as well that, that Auburn ended up pulling out. So uh, I, I love weird road trips like this. I want to see more of this, especially in football. But uh, the fact that baseball and basketball are, are and football now, I guess, are all making out trips out to the West Coast, I think that's a good opportunity for a recruiting trip. If you can squeeze that in in between football matters, uh, I think that I, I really like that part of this schedule. I think it shapes up really well. And then uh, playing some of the smaller teams around the state of Alabama and, like you said, getting uh, getting to go up to Huntsville, uh, I think is a really good idea as well. So a very fun, very cool schedule, I guess, is the best word that yeah. I can come up with. What is uh, – what? It's kind of cool is the SEC slate this weekend. There's a couple games that you, you want to keep your eye on. As we talked earlier, not a lot of marquee matchups this weekend, especially in the SEC. But set it before the break. This is me and Brant's last show, so we won't get a chance to preview some of this stuff. So let's take a look right now, Brant, around – start with the Southeastern Conference, and then we'll look around some other college football. 11 a.m. Saturday, the SEC Network, that uh, Tennessee team that just knocked off Alabama, 6-0, and number three in the country now – Gets set to host UT Martin. A little in-state rivalry action there with the Skyhawks of UT Martin. Um, trap game? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a trap game. I think if they were playing a better opponent, like if they were hosting LSU or something, or, or Auburn even, I feel like that could be a trap game for them. But I, I don't think this is going to be that. I think that UT Martin might hang around a little bit longer than people expect, but I do think Tennessee pulls this one out pretty easy. Uh, 2.30 CBS, the big game of the weekend, or what they dubbed the big game of the weekend for, by uh, CBS. Number seven, Ole Miss heads down to the Bayou to take on LSU. LSU coming off a big win on the road at Florida over their uh, cross-division <laughs> rivals, the Florida Gators, past weekend. Ole Miss, of course, beating Auburn this past weekend. Got a little bit of a scare there for a little bit from Auburn, but then they were able to pull away in the second half and put a little distance there between themselves and the Auburn Tigers. LSU is actually favored by two and a half points right now at home. That's so what, really interesting to me. It, I Yeah, it's uh, what, what happens when Lane Kiffin takes his t- bunch down to Baton Rouge? I mean, it's... I, I wonder... The, the LSU home field advantage is wild. I mean, there's Juju in that stadium and no one, no one can... Especially when those lights come on. Yeah, absolutely, but I think I think LSU is in such a bad spot right now. I understand they beat Florida. I don't buy into Florida as much as a lot of people have. I think, or as much as a lot of people did at the beginning of the season. And I think the hype behind Florida is starting to wane. So, congratulations, LSU! You beat a mediocre at best Florida team. They've got a quarterback who sometimes looks great, sometimes does not. Uh, but and the same same can be said for LSU, I guess. But. Uh, I think Ole Miss pulls away in the second half in this game. I understand that stuff happens at LSU. I just don't think they're in a spot to make stuff happen right now. I was uh, mentioning this during our break while we were off the air, but uh, I asked Brant, I'm going, you know, I said I'm going to see my parents this weekend. Robert Stale, Alabama, is about three hours away from Baton Rouge. Should I just, you know, let the let the thoughts, let the intrusive thoughts win and buy a ticket and go over there this weekend? Maybe, Tickets maybe. as low as $48. Maybe I will. Maybe. I mean, it's that it's intriguing for to see that Ole Miss team and that LSU team go at it. Uh, 3 o'clock, SEC Network, the, uh, what's in 
could be in contention for the Yawn Fest of the weekend. There's another game later <laughs> that night that uh, it's not very appetizing. But Vanderbilt, Missouri, someone's coming out of here with an SEC win. This is the battle for the last place in the SEC. Somewhat, both of these teams, 0-3 in the SEC. It's not going to be Auburn. It's not going to be Auburn. <laughs> both of these teams are 0-3 in the SEC. Someone is coming out of Columbia, Missouri with the win. Missouri is favored <laughs> by 14 points yeah, in this one. I think, I think Missouri comes out with a win, but I think you're right. I think this is the... This is the Sickos Committee game of the week. <laughs> it's uh, and it you know it it's it's tough for Vandy. They came out of the gate strong with that Hawaii win, and then they beat Northern. They Illinois. were they were what three and zero for the first yeah. time since the eighties or something like that, and have since just fallen off a cliff, which and I don't think shocks anybody. Didn't they hit? Was it three and zero, and then they played Alabama, and or did they lose to someone before they get I got to Alabama? I think they lost before they hit Alabama. What's uh? We we have the technology. I was about to say it's the twenty it's the twenty first century. They did they uh, they beat Hawaii, beat Elon, and then lost that Wake Forest okay, game two and zero for the first time in forever. And then one on the road at Northern Illinois, and then there since they've they have not won a game since that Northern Illinois game. Lost to Bama, lost to Ole Miss, lost to Georgia. They they have not put up more than twenty eight points in a loss this year. 28 points was to Ole Miss. Ole Miss won 52-28 to 28 after they got... Believe, they gave Ole Miss a little bit of a scare to yeah, start I, that Yeah, I think they were ahead at halftime, or they it was were. like... Yeah, so Vandy was ahead of Ole Miss at halftime, and then Ole Miss came out and said, enough of this. Uh, six halftime adjusted. Give me lane. 6 o'clock ESPN, the biggest spread lane. in the SEC on the weekend. Number 6, Alabama Crimson Tide. Hosts the number 24, Mississippi State Bulldogs. 21 points Alabama's favored by in this one. Ah, this it's, is such a weird game to call is. because you got Alabama coming off of a loss, so you know Saban has just been ticked off in practice. I mean, it's it's one of those. It, does Alabama have that that hangover? It, I don't expect them to. I think Alabama is going to walk away from this one pretty unscathed. And this, this is one of those. Games I don't, I don't think Mississippi State has the the has the coaching staff or the players or the scheme. To, to take to take on a pissed off Alabama team. This this game has the potential for what we've seen in the past for Alabama to be mad and exercise some of their demons against Mississippi State. Yeah. And it just so happens that Mississippi State is the team that is targeted this week. But on the other hand of that, you know, Mississippi State's got a very prolific passing attack. They've beaten a couple teams that you thought they shouldn't this they, year. Yeah, they if they, they can, look better than I expected them to. If if they can get a couple early scores you never know what happens, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, Alabama is, you know, we've talked about it uh, earlier today and Alabama players, you know, talked about running out into Tennessee last week and they had anxiety and, you know, heard, you've heard different talk shows around the country saying they don't know why that, why that is with the Nick Saban coach team. If, if Mississippi State scores a couple times early, maybe that anxiety kicks back in for some of those Alabama players and you never know what could happen there. But I, I fully expect – Alabama to come in and you know I don't know if they cover the 21 points because that's a lot to put in, in an SEC game especially with a ranked SEC opponent but I think Alabama it, it looks like they could come out and uh, and put some of their, their try to put some of that last week behind them and then finally the last game of the evening for the SEC 6:30 SEC Network Texas A&M visits South Carolina the that cross division game that's played every single year South Carolina coming off a big win against Kentucky couple weeks ago before they went on the bye week or texas a&m not coming off of a big win uh after their last time out their last time was playing alabama they lost barely on that one it's uh what a weird it's interesting what a weird and stupid game that was <laughs> with a fitting ending and then uh looking elsewhere 
around the top 25 uh, before we head to a break here. Number two, Ohio State takes on Iowa. Uh, Ohio State favored by 30 points. Fair. Uh, go Hawkeyes, but I believe the Buckeyes will come out with that one. Uh, also at 11 on Saturday, two undefeated teams in the ACC. Number 14, Syracuse is number five, Clemson. Could be a really fun matchup. Clemson's favored by 13 and a half, but... You know Syracuse. They've they've had some. They've had their run-ins with Syracuse uh, these past few years. Yeah, Syracuse. The Orange. Uh, not a bad team at all. Uh, the fact that it's at Clemson makes me think that Clemson's probably going to take this one. But you know, it's Syracuse could give them a scare. Uh, number twenty-one, Cincinnati visits SMU. Rhett Lashley's SMU team. Uh, don't know what to expect in that one. As Cincinnati's two and zero in the American Conference. Uh, 2.30, ABC, Texas takes on number, or number 20, Texas takes on number 11, Oklahoma State. Texas is actually road favorite by six and a half in that one. That's a little surprising. Uh, 2.30, ACC Network, Boston College takes on number 13, Wake Forest. Also 2.30 on ESPN2, Memphis takes on number 25, Tulane. The Whiteouts back in effect at Penn State this week as they lost to Michigan last week. Number 16, Penn State hosts Minnesota. Chance for the Golden Gophers to bounce back this week after some disappointing uh, couple weeks leading up to this game. Number 17, Kansas State. We talked about this earlier with Keith. Takes on number 8, TCU. That's a really fun matchup. Yeah, that one should be interesting for sure. And then the big one this weekend, College Game Day, will be on hand for this one. 2.30, Fox Saturday afternoon. Number 9, UCLA, undefeated on the year. Takes on... Five and one, number ten, Oregon. Go Ducks. Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks take on uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson and that UCLA team. Really, really fun matchup in the Pac-12. Yeah, that that one is probably going to be the only game of the weekend that I'm like I have to be watching this game. I I'm very interested to see how that one plays out. Um, I've made it no secret I'm a Bo Nix defender. I, I think the kid's a pretty good quarterback, despite the thoughts of a lot of the fan base. But I, I'm rooting for Oregon. I, I think that. Bo has proven that he's been pretty good at Oregon. Um, I, I'm rooting for them, but that, that'll be a really fun game for sure. A lot of fun college football action this weekend. Make sure you tune in, and that is a look at what's happening around the college football world. Ryan and Cam are on the show tomorrow. They'll have some more in-depth look at uh, all the matchups this weekend, but we just wanted to give you a little taste of it on a Thursday. When we come back after this final break, your nightly, nightly TV guide right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Boy, we hope you have loved the show today. Nothing? All right. Fun. Try to get a pun in here. BTS, Boy With Love, bringing you back. It's been a fun show today. I'm Brooks Childress. I've been filling in for J.J. Jackson off this week. He'll be back on Monday, bringing you a new episode of Sports Call. We'll also have a new episode tomorrow, but I won't be here. Brant won't be here. And it's going to be Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry taking your phone calls from 3 to 6 p.m., getting you ready for a college football weekend. Friday night football, also tomorrow night, Beauregard High School football. They will take on Jimison tomorrow night right here on Tiger 95.9. Brant, he'll be over at Smith Station. Lee Montgomery, 
heading down to Smith Station. Senior night. Uh, it's also senior night for Beauregard. Senior night, homecoming night, and senior night on the same night for the, the Hornets down there. So if you're looking for a good football game, head on down there. See the uh, all the festivities down there. Smith Station hosting senior night uh, tomorrow night against Lee Montgomery. Final home game of the year for them as they continue to wrap up their season over these next two weeks. So make sure you listen to that. That's on FM Talk 93.9. And of course, tomorrow night after the Smith Station game, keep it tuned over on that channel for the AHSAA Radio Network scoreboard show. They'll have all the high school stats. Before we get out of here today... We want to give you, as we do every single day, a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Look at your uh, your movie picks for the evening. Start things off with... At uh, 6 o'clock Freeform, it is spooky season, Brant. Spooky season. So your spooky season... Uh, movie for the evening is a family flick we're going hotel transylvania i know Ooh. we had that last week i think but also but it's still it's still spooky season adam sandler and all of his best friends in animated form uh 621 on stars encore evan almighty you seen evan almighty uh is that the steve carell one that is or? The steve carell okay that one. is the steve carell one uh i don't think i've seen it i've seen bruce almighty bruce? i don't think i've seen evan almighty i'm gonna say evan almighty 621 stars encore if you're uh, if you're interested tonight Sports for you this evening at 6.30 on the SEC Network Plus. Auburn women's soccer back in action tonight. They're over at the Auburn Soccer Complex. They host number... round ball. They uh, they Yes, yes. Round ball sports. Uh, Number 16, Tennessee, is in town tonight. It's a weekend of Auburn versus Tennessee. They're taking on Tennessee in soccer tonight. Tomorrow night, the volleyball team takes on Tennessee. Uh, And Saturday, Auburn Equestrian takes on UT Martin. How about that? Absolutely, yeah. It's a lot of Auburn. I'll actually be on hand for that. Look at you. That's going to be fun. So check out uh, Auburn Equestrian this weekend if you're looking for something to do on Saturday morning. Yeah, come uh, find me. I'll yeah. say hi. I'll say hi. I'll sign some autographs, take some pictures, kiss Absolutely. some babies. Absolutely. Uh, elsewhere in the sports world tonight, some high school football action from the state of Texas as Allen High School takes on Denton Geyer. Some top talent high school there. Uh, we, there's been some good quarterbacks come out of Allen High School, hasn't there? I, think I, so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, college football on tap tonight. Virginia takes on Virginia, or Georgia Tech at 6.30 on ESPN. Uh, also tonight, ESPN 2, Troy, South Alabama. Big battle for the belt down there in Mobile. Yankees-Astros game two of the ALCS, 6.30 TBS tonight. Also tonight on 6.30 on TNT, it is some NBA action as the Bucks take on the 76ers. Late game is the Clippers and the Lakers. And then, of course, you've got some MLS playoff action as the Philadelphia Union takes on FC Cincinnati at 7 o'clock on FS1. And then El Trafico playoff edition, 9.30 <laughs> tonight on FS1. LAFC, LA Galaxy. That is a look at your nightly TV guide. I'm Brooke Shoulders. Brent, thank you for being on here this thank week. Thank you for having me. I have been on here sometimes this week as well, and I won't be on here tomorrow, neither will you. So have a great weekend, Brant. Dude, you do that too. Uh, Enjoy some time with your family. I'll try to do my best to enjoy some high school football. You enjoy some high school football. I'll enjoy time with my family. I'll also enjoy high school football. Enjoy Ole Miss versus LSU. I will, yes. (laughs) Everybody out there listening, enjoy another episode of Sports Call Tomorrow with Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry right here on Tiger 95.9, and we will see you then.